You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists, hosted by Dr. Laura Mock. This is a space where we talk about all things wellness, just for dentists. If you're looking for help treating yourself better, mentally, emotionally, and physically, you're in the right place. I'm Laura Mock, DDS, the life coach for busy dentists. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast where we talk about all things wellness for dentists. If you've been looking for help treating yourself better mentally, physically, or emotionally, you're in the right place. Well, welcome everybody. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and I'm so happy you're here to listen to my first podcast. This podcast series is going to discuss being a dentist, managing stress, balancing our many roles that we have. We've got parenting, being a practitioner, being in the community, marriage, extended family, all those roles, and also getting and staying healthy. So I just thought I'd start by kind of introducing myself. My name is Laura, like I said, and I've been a dentist for 12 years, mother to four kids. I've got two daughters and a stepdaughter and a trans son. I'm married for the second time. We've been married for about three years. And I practice as a single doc in private practice in Iowa. So I've been the owner for 12 years. We've got six employees. It's a very busy practice. I've got three hygienists every day and I really love doing it. We definitely take plenty of time off and um, we'll be talking about that and how I run my practice as kind of part and parcel for this podcast series. Um, and then the other thing about me is that I am a certified life and weight loss coach through the Life Coach School. So basically, I help dentists kind of deal with the feels, I call them, or all of the stressful things that come with being a dentist. So that can include practice ownership, that can include kind of the mental burden that we feel in trying to make everything perfect, parenting, leadership. I don't know about you guys, but being an employer is the hardest part about being a dentist for me. Um, self-care, marriage, getting along with your spouse, and um, even dealing with difficult patients. And then I also help uh, people who are in the dental field to lose weight if they want to do that. So we'll also be talking about a healthy diet and just kind of easy ways to um, shed those unwanted pounds. Now I have a program for that. So if you want to talk about it, just let me know. So anyway, we're going to get started today. Um, our first subject is called How to Sleep When Your Dental Practice Lives in Your Head. So picture this, you've got a busy day, right? Maybe you treated some root caries on number 15, probably on someone who can't lay all the way back. You had some team issues. Maybe you had a front desk person who was on vacation or something like that. Your lunch hour was pretty much non-existent. Uh, <laughs> I spend a lot of my lunch hours just kind of shoveling my lunch down my gullet until I run back and see the next patient. Maybe payroll was due and you needed to report the hours or check the bank account and make sure there was enough money there to pay payroll. And then when you were done with all that, you hurried home, maybe picked up the kids in the minivan, cooked dinner, helped the kids with homework, finally tucked the kids into bed, and then you yourself collapsed into bed. 
I have done this so many times, you know, I don't, I don't tuck my kids in anymore because my youngest is a sophomore in high school. But back when I used to um, tuck Max in my youngest, it was really common for me to, um, after I tucked him in, I just went straight to my pillow. I didn't even brush my teeth. That's how tired I was. So, you know, when he was five years old, that meant I was already a dentist and I wasn't brushing my teeth. I was tired, you guys. It's a lot of things for one person to do. And especially, you know, when you're at work, it's not like you're just sitting at a desk. You are taking care of people and leading your team all day long. So then when you go home and you put on the mom hat or the dad hat, it's tiring. So your head hits the pillow. Hopefully you brushed your teeth, unlike me. And then um, middle of the night, you got to wake up. Maybe it's because you had to pee. Maybe it's because there was a kid that you needed to take care of. But you lay back down and you're ready to fall back asleep. And then boom, it hits you. You forgot to check the shade on Mrs. Jones' front tooth crown. Or you're laying there and you remember the argument that you had with your employee over some little thing. Or this one happens to me a lot. Um, I'm just laying there, just randomly thinking things. And all of a sudden, I remember a patient that I haven't seen in a while. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, did Mrs. Jones leave the practice? I should get up and check the schedule and see if she's on there. Maybe she left. And then I start going through my head. What could I have done wrong? What could I have done better? Did somebody say something rude? Was it me? Is she happy with the work I did? All those things. And once any of those things enter my mind, it's going to be at least an hour before I can calm myself down. And the thoughts are spinning and spinning and spinning. And one thought leads to another. And I'm just worried about my practice. Now, I have been inside many of your heads at this point, and I'm going to tell you a secret. Lots of you go through this thing that I'm just talking about. Many of you are worried. Most of you actually are worried, and you're all worried about your practices, and all of you think that everybody else's practice is better than yours. So I'm just wondering if you have thought about why this even happens. And I have theories. Now that I've been talking to many of you and listening for a while, and plus thinking about my own experience, um, I've got theories which I'm going to share with you right now. Number one, we have been trained to be perfect. And not just in one way. There's more than one way. First of all, when you're pre-dental, what do you get really good at? Well, you want to be a dentist, so you're massaging your grade right? You're doing everything that you can to keep all of the A's because you need every single A in order to get accepted. I got exceptionally good at this. I was so good at multiple choice tests by the time I got into dental school. And I entered dental school as a mom. I had two small children. My GPA for college was over 4.0. And it wasn't because I was especially smart. It was just because I got really good at making the A. That was my job at the time. I wanted to get into dental school. My, so my mission was to get every A. So then the next dangerous thing happens, which is that you start dental school 
And the tests, I don't really think that the tests are that much harder, but there's so many more of them in dental school because all these classes that you're taking at the same time. And then you get your first wax practical grade back. And that's when you find out that multiple choice tests is just one part of how you learn how to be a dentist. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what my grade was on my first wax practical, but it definitely wasn't an A. And I like to tell people that going to dental school is kind of like going to boot camp. You start as a recruit, right? You, you're lucky, you're there, you know you're excited, you're ready to learn how to be a dentist. And you feel good about yourself at that point until dental school reality starts to hit. And then you find out that you're nothing and they break you down until you know that you are a worthless piece of (laughs) And then finally, once you're there, then they start rebuilding you into what they want, which is a perfectionist and not only a perfectionist, but someone who keeps the weight of the world right here on your shoulders. Oh, you found a crown margin that's not perfect? Well, you should have cut that better in the first place. Or you should have checked your impression to make sure that there weren't any bubbles on the margin or whatever. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's this phenomenon in dentistry that doesn't happen everywhere else in medical practice where we are convinced that if there's a problem with our work, it's right here. It's our fault on our shoulders. So that's the training to be perfect. And that's phenomenon number one I want to talk about for as far as why we wake up in the middle of the night worrying about our practice. Number two, once we graduate, there is tremendous pressure on our time. Back in dental school, we had all morning to do a class two composite, right? Well, you can't maintain a private practice and take all morning to do a DO on number four. You find out that time is money and money is time. And you have to pay your employees and your bills, your light bill, your supply bill. You want to try to pay yourself. And so you find out that you have to accomplish a certain amount of dentistry every day in order to earn a living. And not only that, but once you get home, especially after you have kids, you've got babies to take care of and they don't care if you were busy at work. They're your children. They're, you you got to take care of them. And then you got to be on the committee for the thing. And your spouse wants some of your time. And you want some time to take care of yourself. And there's all this pressure on your time. So that's number two. And then number three, and I don't know if all of you guys realize this. But this is really important. Private practice dentistry is messy. And what I mean when I say that is that there are thousands of details, even in one, even just look at one day sheet from your day. There's all these codes and these details. Every birth date needs to be correct. Every code needs to be correct. Every surface of every billing that you did is supposed to be correct. And not only that, but you got to make sure your equipment is running and your employees are doing what they're supposed to do. Are they spray wipe spraying? Are they lubricating the hand pieces? Are they doing all these tiny little things that need to be done in order to um, run a successful private practice? And I'm going to tell you right now, mistakes are going to happen. And when that happens, we as dentists take those mistakes very personally. And you want to know why? Because of thing number one, 
because we want it all to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then it's our fault and it's on our shoulders. Now, here's a really interesting part about this. And this is the first thing that I'm gonna teach you about your brain. Once we have a thought, we have an emotional reaction to that thought. And if it's a big reaction, then our brain interprets that as, oh, that's a really important thought because look at that feeling that I just had. So if you have a thought like, man, I really suck at this, or that was horrible, um, then what your brain's gonna do is kind of gonna latch on to that thought and repeat it for you, kind of serve it up to you over and over and over again because it thinks it's really important. Just like if we were hunter-gatherers and we were in a cave and we thought, oh my gosh, maybe there's a lion outside. Well, that's important, right? Because we feel scared if there's a lion outside. So the brain's like, maybe there's a lion, maybe there's a lion. And it's the same type of thing. Your brain's just trying to help you survive. But <clears throat> in doing so, nature hasn't designed your brain to help you manage stress. It wants you to be stressed. It wants you to be afraid of that lion so that you can stay alive. And in private practice dentistry, we have this magical kind of dangerous combination of the fact that we're blaming ourselves and we want it to be perfect in our brain senses that it's important because of this emotional reaction we have. And so it feeds it to us over and over and over again. This was happening to me a lot um, a few years ago before I discovered life coaching, I was telling myself things like, you suck at this and you're the worst dentist. And I, in my head, I, I mean, I really knew that I wasn't the worst, but my brain got used to serving that thought up to me and it was really affecting my sense of well-being. So going back to where I was, we are going to talk a lot about how we can get better at not having those harmful habits in our thoughts. Um, and this is another really important thing that I want you to understand. Our brain gives us a thought and then the thought generates a feeling. So for example, if I think to myself, oh, I'm, I'm walking down the street and I see somebody handsome and he's kind of looking at me and I'm like, oh, there's a potential mate, except for that's not really what I would say, right? But, oh, he's cute or whatever. Then there's like this bubble up of kind of uh, this exciting emotion that we feel. So first comes the thought and then comes the feeling. And this is something that is universally true. Every time we um, we have a thought, any thought, it we get an emotion. And every time we have an emotion, it's from a thought. So if we're having an emotion that we don't want to have, we got to figure out what the thought is that's generate that, generating that feeling. All right, back to work here. So we've talked about why it is that we end up spinning around and worrying about our practice in the middle of the night, right? And it's these thought habits that we have. And there's some keys that I have put together to help you worry about it less some of it has to do with what I was just teaching you about with our brains. But number one is that we want to accept the entropy. You guys remember learning about entropy in physics? It's disorder. And there's a law in the universe that the universe is always going to become more disorderly over time. And not that your practice is always going to become more disorderly, but that there's disorder in your practice and some of it's just going to be there. It's going to be easier on you if you can just accept 
that sometimes an assistant's going to forget to add a surface to the filling that you did, or they're going to forget to clock out, and then we're going to have to go back in and um, adjust their time schedule, or you're going to say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. Someone's going to get offended and leave the practice, and that is a part of private practice entropy, and it's just going to keep on happening. The sooner that you can accept that, the less you will worry. Okay, so accept the entropy is the first one. The second one is learn to systematize as much as you can. And I highly recommend hiring a dental business coach to help you with this. I definitely did that. It made a world of difference in our practice. Um, so what I mean by systematizing is cross-training. This is huge in our practice. Everybody knows how to do everybody else's job in our practice that's legal to do. So a hygienist can enter insurance checks. And uh, my front desk person is a registered dental assistant, so she can step back and hold the suction or clean a room if that's what needs to be done. Everyone is constantly helping each other throughout the whole day. And the more teamwork you can get your employees to engage in, the easier, the less you're going to worry about stuff at the end of the day because more stuff's going to get done. Um, number two, well, in, in addition to cross-training, there's checklists. So part of this is just like a pilot has a checklist, you can have checklists for your practice. Um, this is how you restock the room. This is how you clean the hand pieces. This is how you set up an operatory. That's a really important one. Making sure the employees are using a checklist when they're setting up an operatory means that everything that you need when you sit down is already there. Nobody has to stop what they're doing and get up or reach into a drawer. And then the last thing that I have um, for keys to worrying less is just getting ready or getting better, I mean, at your self-coaching skills. And what I mean when I say self-coaching skills is using the term um, called metacognition. Have you heard of this term before? It basically means watching yourself think. And a lot of times we're in our brains so much that we don't realize our brains are not ourselves. We can it kind of visualize, if you will, sitting on the couch and watching, sitting down and just watching what your brain is doing. And I'm going to teach you how to do that. But the reason that it's important is because your brain is just an organ that's been designed by evolution with nature's goals. And you probably know what nature's goals are, but just in case you're not thinking about it right now, number one, to keep you alive. And number two, to pass on your genetic material to the next generation. That's what nature wants to do. So your brain wants to keep you alive. It doesn't really care if you're feeling like you're uh, well-balanced in your life or not. It just wants you to stay alive. So when you think about that and understand that your brain is not yourself, then you can look at your thoughts because number one, they're not all correct. You have 60,000 thoughts a day. They're not all correct. They're just auto-generated by the meat in between your ears. And number two, you might be thinking thoughts, uh, maybe they're correct, but they're not important or pertinent or they haven't happened yet. You're assuming all these things and then you're having feelings from the thoughts and maybe you don't really need to have those feelings. Maybe those thoughts aren't serving you. So the practice of metacognition or self-coaching 
helps you see what your brain is doing. And that is a lot of what I do as a life coach is I help people see what their brain is doing. And remember what I said when I explained that your thoughts generate the feelings. So if you're having a lot of stressful feelings, then either writing down your thoughts and doing what I call a thought download or a thought dump will help you to see what your brain is doing and what thoughts you might want to evaluate or let go. Or you can have somebody help you do that through a coaching session. And um, I do offer a free coaching session, no obligation for anybody who um, wants to give it a try. So if that's something that interests you, then go ahead and look at my website and I'll tell you how to find that in a minute. But if you just want to keep on listening to my podcast, I'm going to keep on teaching you about this as the weeks and months and years go by. So that's what I have for you guys for today. I hope that this has been valuable to you. I want to thank you again for spending these minutes with me. And I hope that you are able to get some value out of this and listen in again next time. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To learn more, please visit thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and take advantage of my current offer for a free, no obligation consultation to find out if having a life coach is right for you. I promise you won't regret it.